0: Three, two, one. Hey, how's it going, bros? My name is Peep, except I'm not. This is Sardonicast, and that was uh, that was a lovely uh, intro today. I, I think, think I did a really great job with that. How's it going? You did. Uh, was a good I'm Adam. Job. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sucks. How? Uh, who, are, who are these people that are with me right now?
1: Ralph from Ralph the Movie Maker.
2: And I'm Alex or my Hate Everything. We sound just enthused, don't we?
0: Yeah, I'm fucking tired. I don't know. I I flew back yesterday <laughs> from Toronto Film Festival, and uh, it's some only some like some a awesome. three-hour time difference, but
2: you know. I understand you being tired, but Ralph, you you quit, Ralph's movie you making are you just playing Spider Man all day long? <laughs> no, <you're> <laughs>
1: <tired>. <laughs> I was telling Alex and Adam since I've been playing Spider Man for like weeks. I think I have like 15 hours in it or something.
2: Mm-hmm. Gosh. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's amazing. It's so cool. You guys should totally play it.
0: I'm planning on playing it It Seems
2: oh, fun. Good.
1: Well, yeah, man. Have you heard like people being negative about it? Like on the internet? They're saying like the writing is bad and Yeah, I've the, heard the cutscenes are bad. And it's like Are you really playing this for the story and the writing like I skip all the cutscenes the Mary Jane Sequences are you I'm like, okay, whatever hmm. but like the the meat of the game Which is you know being Spider Man and punching people and webbing around the city. That shit is so much fun. Mm. And they have like every suit ever in Spider Man that you can just pick at as it's great.
0: I've seen some articles complaining that he he helps cops, and uh, I've also seen a bunch of uh, screenshot images uh, posted to the gamers subreddit, g a y m e r s subreddit, that are just. (laughs) Really funny poses, I guess.
1: Oh, what's the issue with him liking cops? I don't know. Yeah, I cops are bad. Yeah, cops are bad. But that's, you know, that's people... the gist of it. Are you guys aware, like, the conflict between people and cops in America? Yeah, that's, that's kind of a thing. I, I I wouldn't know, say it's but, limited but to it's America. Spider-Man. Well, it's uh, obviously not limited to America, but I'd say there's a yeah the relationship between the police and the community is not. All that strong Yeah,
0: America, America isn't yeah. the most shining example of uh, a healthy police force. Let's just put it that way.
1: Well, there's there's issues within the police force, but you know, I'm not going to say all oh, cops are bad. I think of most course. of them are good. Yeah, they're individuals. Of and they're and they're yeah, and they're saving lives and stuff. And yeah, there are bad apples in that, and there's bad apples on both sides.
0: I, I wouldn't be able to speak too confidently. About it to say like yeah all cops are great or anything like that, but I will say that people are individuals You know you have Individuals Mm -hmm. who are assholes and individuals who aren't
1: damn See but see like people bring this into a spider-man game, and it's like yeah Like what it's it's a goofy fucking comic book hero, and he works with the police because the police are nice to him Yeah, (laughs) like can't we keep it simple?
0: Yeah, what if it's Uh. a you know it's a fictional Representation of reality yeah where the cops don't do anything bad.
1: hmm It's like a version of reality we want, where like you know we have these people we look up to, like Spider-Man, who are nice and and good in every way. And flexible. <laughs>
0: so,
1: yeah, flexible. I always found yeah.
0: that super weird. That like Spider-Man in particular. You look at any of the the uh, covers for the comics, or like I had a Spider-Man wall calendar when I was younger. And it's just like oh, yeah? it's just like a, a muscly dude being really flexible, doing like yoga poses in in the air, you know. Yeah, it's cool. It, it's it's, awesome. it's yeah, he's awesome. It's cool.
1: I've always wondered why, because that there's that one spider that bit him right and made him into Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Has no one else ever been bitten by that same kind of spider anywhere else on the planet? Because there's no and other. spider got rid of it's just, I don't know. Yeah, they <laughs> they just got rid of him. It just bit this one kid who also happened to be a genius. And also know how to invent like web shooters,
0: and then Jamie Fox—it's all, Fox, all very convenient. Jamie Fox falls into an electrical eel vat and fixes his teeth, yeah. and then
2: gets yeah. really sad.
1: Yeah, that's what—that's what that does. Yeah, <laughs> and then Paul Giamatti's in a rhino suit. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you guys are just complaining about robbing poll- plutonium, still being lame.
0: Oh yeah,
1: uh huh. But but that's what happens when you try to make like a. Uh, spider-man realistic that's what those amazing spider-man movies are and it's so fucking dumb and bad it's creepy you remember that scene where he's crawling all over
2: the lizard and he's like acting like a real spider and it's it's actually quite creepy to see him real life (laughs) Mm. i know
1: and it's like this emo douchebag is peter parker it's like where's this simple nice kid that i liked and he's kind of dorky you know that's what the new movie got right and that's what this game gets right even though it's fucking corny so
0: yeah Nah no, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think, yeah, Spider-Man in the comics, it's more faithful, I guess, the Homecoming thing. But yeah, I still prefer Tobey Maguire, even though I can't buy for a second that he's in high school. <laughs> right, like that's, that's I don't buy that for a time. second, but I still prefer Tobey Maguire.
1: Oh yeah, but they're different kinds of Spider-Man too. Yeah. Sam Raimi was going for a different thing, I think. Oh, I love he was the going the for a dorky movies. kid. Like it's still it's still true to Peter Parker. He just did something new with it, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah.
0: How do you feel? Those movies are awesome. How do you feel about plot holes? Plot holes? In general. S-
1: nice segue. Well, I'm Alex kind we of
0: <laughs> attempted them. the segue and then you just kept going. Yeah. So I'm bringing it back.
1: Oh. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just love Spider Man that much. Anyway, we know. plot holes.
0: There's a relatively popular conversation on the internet happening where um, there are some decent points being made. and I And I do think that plot holes shouldn't be used as an excuse to avoid uh substantive conversation on film or you know meaningful discussion on themes or characters or craft but there's also some people that think that you literally should not talk about plot holes whatsoever and that plot holes are not even that you shouldn't discuss them and that it's illegitimate criticism and and that you're just stupid if you talk about plot holes. How do you feel about that?
1: Well, who gets to decide if something's an illegitimate illegitimate criticism or not?
2: Yeah. Is there a humbug?
1: It's the dumbest thing.
2: <laughs> you're watching movies wrong, <laughs> Ralph.
1: Yeah, it's like someone has an opinion on a thing, and nitpicks bother certain people more than others. And then you're going to go, well, my opinion is your opinion is illegitimate, because my opinion is plot holes aren't, that big a deal yeah it's like what the fuck are you arguing about yeah. Just enjoy movies that you enjoy and shut up
2: yeah like look at, <laughs> look at look at the three of us and we all rate movies on like a different scale and we all watch things from a different context mm-hmm. but we don't kind of condescend each other and put each other down for like you're watching movies wrong or, or you just don't get it like how you're no. supposed to watch movies what, what are you talking about
1: that's the point of the show is that three people with like totally different backgrounds from different countries are all talking about these same movies with different perspectives. Mm-hmm. That's what people want to listen to. People don't care if you have different opinions on things. I think we as align long as you're fairly well, and though. You can articulate. I mean, we do yeah. have
0: differences of opinion for sure, but you know, I think we all pretty right. much. There's I don't know. There's going to be differences. Yeah. I just. uh Yeah. yeah there's. Uh, There's a... I I really disagree with the idea of attempted objectivity in an argument, and I, I felt like there are qualities that are measurable that you could say are more objective than others or less objective, but when you're talking about someone's experience and you're saying, like, this is objectively something that you should not be bothered by, or this is objectively something that you shouldn't be talking about because it is illegitimate criticism? I I don't agree with that.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. Like, plot holes, it depends on the movie, too. There's some movies plot holes don't bother me. Depends on the tone of it. If it's trying to be like this ultra-realistic crime film and cops do things that are stupid and that the police department would never do or criminals do shit like that, then it's a big deal, right? Because in a cop story, you want a tight thriller. And if you don't have that, then the movie sucks. If you do that in a superhero movie, it's not as important. Right?
2: I don't see why that makes people who complain about plot holes and think that that's like important to their experience any less legitimate, though. You know, like If you don't yeah. like critics or personalities that talk a lot about plot holes or that kind of thing, then you don't have to like watch it. There are plenty of critics out there that I don't align with, and I don't watch everything that they say about plot holes
3: hmm
0: There's a, an argument that people are making that uh, plot holes are absolutely necessary, and so they group in every degree of plot holes no matter the context and say well This is just how the movie has to be and there's no way around it because otherwise it would be boring when I kind of disagree with that Because there's there's yeah. you have to be able to look at the context of something in a film right you have to be able mm-hmm. to to go like, okay, is this just because it's a horror movie? Like horror movies, you have to have some sort of suspension of disbelief and be like, okay, yeah. well, realistically, there has to be an excuse why they're in danger. And some movies are able to do it better than others. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's not even absolutely necessary for that to be in a horror movie, but you kind of have to forgive it in some sense. But Science fiction has that, too. Like, they invent technologies that
1: don't exist now to make plot things work. It's like, okay. hmm But uh,
0: I I think that I think that it's a different story when the script is so needlessly transparent where very clearly there's a checklist of um, the beats that the character needs to hit before the end of the film and the rest of the script is filled in using excuses why the character is in a bad place. You know, we need we need a conflict in the the second to third act transition And These characters need to hate each other and then rebuild their friendship and there's some films that put a lot of effort into How that takes place and plant little seeds in the beginning and and and? Everything flows so naturally and you're like yes, this is totally something that would happen This is totally something these characters would do I remember that you know the the Chekhov's gun from the beginning and it wasn't even obvious But it totally makes sense and then there's other Mm -hmm. films and and scripts where they literally just don't give a fuck And it's so obvious that they just they just farted it out and it's like okay these characters need to be doing this now And I don't even care how I'm going to write it that way I think that that the people that put that kind of effort into their writing process Should be appreciated because that is an effort that they're making and I and I disagree with the idea that all plot holes are created equal and and that we should be ignoring those efforts being made by talented people in the industry who actually care about that as well. You know? I, I feel like I feel like it delegitimizes them and makes them underappreciated when when you're saying that their efforts shouldn't even be acknowledged. And that it's just like, oh, every plot hole is fine. I I really disagree with that.
2: I don't understand why it has to be so extreme. Like, yeah. surely it surely is just a case by case basis. You don't have to say that it's it's not a legitimate thing to even mention. Like, of course, films have plot holes. Everyone makes fun of them in pop culture in famous films for decades. I think, like, context is, is the most important thing. Like, you wouldn't make fun of Star Wars for the stupid rules they have in their goofy space fantasy compared to mm-hmm. a film like The uh, First Man, you know, mm-hmm. which is all about a, a realistic depiction of a similar kind of space thing or whatever Mm -hmm. but like i I, I don't understand why this is even necessary like even to bring up to to begin with you know like Mm -hmm. okay this is such a a arguing in 2018 about film thing Mm -hmm. so i just shut up for god's sake there are more important things to talk about
1: well there's also like there's an attack on channels that they're just that they they're just the nitpick channel for movies like cinema sins mm. How do you guys feel about stuff like that where the whole channel is just nitpicking?
0: <laughs> I feel like like, you know, they they have a place on YouTube and you know They have yeah. every right to be making that they have content. An audience clearly and yeah, I, I mean it's it really I don't really consider cinema sins to be uh, substantive uh, content or legitimate criticism for the most part. And I don't really think that they consider themselves to be that either. I think they're just yeah. making videos that get views, which is fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Or there's, they're like screen junkies where it's kind of like a more of a comedy thing than actual criticism. Because mm-hmm. they do it to good and bad movies. They do it to Mad Max. They do it yeah. to, yeah. I don't know, what's a bad movie? They might have done Wish Upon, I don't know. <laughs> I don't watch it.
0: My channel is something that kind of has both of those qualities like I I point things out and Hold things under a microscope and try to really understand how the world works and will criticize it for comedic purposes and then I try to Communicate like okay. This is you know not something that ruins the movie, but it's something I'd like to point out It's something that I like to think about and it's something that you know if you're a fan Of the uh content that you're watching the movie that you're watching you should be thinking about these things and if it doesn't ruin it for you then great that means the movie did something well right but Mm -hmm. I mean if if all that the movie has to offer is is the story making sense and it doesn't then it's like okay well what does it have left it's all about context well plus
1: Plus, clearly, a lot of people
0: think it's fun to nitpick things. That's why these videos get views,
1: and people do it on their own, and they laugh at so bad they're good movies, Mm -hmm. because they enjoy nitpicking. It's fun, right? You don't have to hate a movie. You can nitpick at things that you think are plot holes and stuff, but you can still enjoy the movie despite those
0: things, right? Mm -hmm. But you're just not thinking about the themes of Neil Breen's films. You're not thinking about the themes of Cool Cat. There's nothing wrong with Cool Cat. You're you're ignoring the themes.
1: Significant things like the acting and the way it's shot and writing, right? Little nitpicks. That was all intentional. Yeah, sure. You don't get it. (laughs) Yeah, Daddy Derek. uh, He's the next Kubrick. He clearly knows what he's doing.
0: Bravo. Bravo, Daddy Derek.
1: Mm -hmm. Good job.
0: Bravo, Savage. I guess we are all pretty much on the same page here. I think a lot of people are. yeah. I just uh I just think it's a little elitist to try and delegitimize somebody else's personal experience, you know. Like I've right. I've only ever made videos talking about my personal experience. I've never been like you have to feel this way or you should feel this way. You mm-hmm.
1: know. Yeah, people just assume that. It's, yeah. It's weird.
0: <laughs> when you attack something that that people really love, especially if you say that you didn't care for it much yourself. Cough cough Mission Impossible Fallout cough. Then people get really fucking heated and, and upset, which is just yeah. so
1: strange. I know. I enjoy it's, different it's, kinds it's of movies.
2: It's art, man. Yeah. It's the problem people when people try to people try to turn the artwork of making movies into like this measurable science or mathematics. When it really isn't as simple as that. A, there are a lot of different processes go into making a movie, and you know plot holes are one small part of a very big picture so just focusing on that seems like a weird thing to me
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it depends on what the movie has to offer too because there's some films where the filmmaking and presentation is just so on the bar surface level that everything i have to say about you know the acting the lighting cinematography the music everything i have to say about it could be summed up in two minutes And I'm not going to waste anybody's time trying to create some grandiose poetry out of out of saying the same thing and make it fill up as much time as possible. And after I've already said everything I want to say about the actual qualities of the filmmaking or even the the, if we want to talk about the themes. Yeah, sure. After all that, if the only thing left is plot holes and I have like 40 minutes of shit to say about that, I don't see what's wrong with that. I don't think that means that I'm ignoring the other aspects. I think that that just means that there's a lot to talk about in certain movies. There's so Mm -hmm. like the, the film amusement. There's so many things about that that just like destroy the plot There's like it doesn't make any sense And that's part of why I love it is when you really delve into it and dig into What the intent was for the story made from the people that made it versus? What was actually happening or what was shown or the motivations of characters or how they how how quickly they? Teleported from one place to another or anything like that like that's part of what makes the experience entertaining for me it's bringing a new light Mm -hmm. to something that otherwise wouldn't have it you know
1: yeah exactly it's fun Mm -hmm. you have a great time doing it millions of people clearly like it so
0: almost a million
1: well yeah (laughs) I mean that's not counting cinema sins and screen junkies and you know other channels that do it Mm movie Bob right that's a hundred (laughs) thousand people 150,000 people DSLR guide it's like 750,000 people.
3: Mm
2: hmm. Yeah. It's that time of the show where Ralph just goes in on yeah. our, our two enemies.
0: <laughs> I'm a conscientious you know, I a objector, I'm a pacifist. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So I was at uh Toronto Film Festival. It was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, I was there for two weeks. It. Basically. This is the first time that I've uh, gone for the duration of the entire festival. Uh, in order to get your tickets ahead of everybody else, you have to order them in like packages. So you're committing to a set amount of tickets before the schedule's even out. So you didn't, you don't even know what movies are playing and you have to commit to how mm-hmm. many tickets of things you oh, think gosh. you're going to see, which is yeah, kind of annoying. But this yeah. year I got everything I wanted to and nothing sold out before I was able to get it. So that was great. That's a plus. Saw a lot of good shit. Uh, Roma, the new Alfonso Cuaron movie, was awesome. I'm
2: looking forward to that.
0: How about Climax? Climax was my favorite from the festival. That fucked me up. Oh, wonderful. That was... Oh, great. That was... (laughs) I can't wait to (laughs) see it. Fucked. Yeah, I don't know. um, I have to imagine that it's still as easy to appreciate if you haven't had like terrible drug experiences, um, cause there, there is an element to the film of like cinematography that is just like mind blowing. Like some of these shots go on for like probably 15 minutes. And oh, what's yeah, insane about it is away. like it's only an hour and a half long. It feels like longer, but not in a bad way. Cause the whole thing is a fucking nightmare. It's insane. Oh, wow. It's super fucked up. And it, it like, it put me in a, in a, uncomfortable mindset for, like, the next day or two. Oh, I can't wait.
2: That's the one about LSD, right? Yeah. It's like something they've been laced with it or something. Yeah. Is it, like, an accurate depiction? Yes.
0: But here's the thing, though. Okay. The film never... Based on the plot description and also based on him having directed uh, Enter the Void, you would almost expect Mm -hmm. to have some sort of a uh, visual replication of of LSD you would almost expect for there to be like weird noises and like things shifting around and like computer generated effects and morphing and all that none yeah zero it's all about yeah. oh. the characters and how they're reacting and it's all so perfect in how it's executed it's it's insane right. it's like exactly how how people act on hallucinogenic drugs when they've taken too much and didn't know <laughs> that they took yeah, it, yeah, or just like inexperienced people just freaking out and like the worst possible uh, setting for it too. Well, not worst possible. I mean, there's worse settings where you could do hallucinogenic drugs, but it's just it's a yeah. it's a terrifying trip nightmare, honestly.
1: So should I see it with
0: my family? You could. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay. I mean, let's do it.
0: There's nothing stopping you. I, I don't know what your family's like. I've never, I've never yeah. met your family.
1: They'd love to watch an LSD nightmare, <laughs> like most families would.
2: <laughs> Take your little brother.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's go. I'll bring the dog. We go to the theater. Nice bag of popcorn.
2: Uh, Anything else of note that you
0: saw? Well, that was my favorite. Um, yeah, Roma. Is either second or third, probably third. I think second place would be Museo, M-U-S-E-O, with Gael Garcia Bernal. And uh, this is from the director of Gueros, who made a film that was almost on my 2015 list, but didn't make it. I watched it twice to see if it would be. It had a lot of, like, uh, a lot of promise in that director, but I just didn't think that the film was that great. And then this Mm -hmm. one, it's just, like, he... he, uh, he he went all out. He uh, made something very creative. Every new scene was like an excuse to you know show things in a in a new way. Like there's different directing styles almost throughout parts mm-hmm. of the movie. It's it's very vibrant and alive. It's very funny. It's very well acted. It's 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 like it's almost like a kind of a stereotypical heist story, but the presentation makes everything once again. I did see First Man also. It was really good. Oh, Uh,
2: nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Is it as good as
0: uh, the other two? No. It's not. Oh, wow. I wouldn't say it is. No! Whatever. I mean, (laughs) like, it's very different. Very different. Yeah, I'm glad he's doing new things. Still really good. (laughs) Is
1: there jazz in it? Is there a jazz score?
0: (laughs) No. It's not a musical. No. (laughs) Is J.K. Simmons in it? Nope. (laughs) Does he yell at Neil Armstrong? Nope. (laughs) Okay. And then I guess just like two more that I'll mention, because uh, these are the ones that I gave high ratings. The Sisters Brothers, with uh, oh yeah, uh, Steve Doctor Steve Broll and uh, <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, and Joaquin Phoenix, and that was a nice. really bizarre and entertaining, dramatic movie. It was kind of like fucked up at parts. It 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 advertises itself as a comedy in the marketing material. I don't know if I'd call it a comedy, and I think that that's oh, really? what's putting a lot of people off. It's a little um a little uh polarizing, I guess. And I think mm-hmm. that's part of why is just the way that it was marketed, but really really great story, really great acting, very fun. I think you guys would love it. And then uh, finally, I guess just uh Widows, the new Steve McQueen, which Windows. is oh. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Windows, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is the least Steve McQueen movie Steve McQueen has made, but still really great. I don't think it's as great as his other three movies, but uh, still like an eight from me. So wow. there's a bit okay. of cheese in it. it. feels a little like stereotypical at points, but like it, it makes up for it for sure.
2: I'm jealous, man. You've seen some good stuff.
0: You, you Have you guys seen many Steve McQueen films? You've seen like Shame or 12 Years yeah, I've a Slave? Yeah, seen Shame
2: and 12. You've seen all though. of them except Hunger? Hunger. Yeah. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I've seen that shot though,
1: the the 20 minute. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, unfortunately
0: yeah. there's like there's nothing that impressive like as impressive as that in the in the new film, but
1: Oh yeah, not that a movie needs that to be great, but
0: <laughs> it's Steve mm-hmm. McQueen's version of a normie film. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Interesting. So like a really really great normie movie.
1: a really well-made normie movie yeah
0: awesome so i saw like uh 25 ish different movies at the festival those are the ones most noticeable or most notable and then uh what's the worst one uh paul paul dano's new movie wildlife was the worst one i saw
3: oh yeah was it it bad or was it just it was really bad
0: it was i mean i i saw the predator at tiff so oh yeah (laughs) yeah it was just, it was a mess. it looked like shit. There were no likable characters. It was one of those movies where you're just like angry the whole time watching it. like who am I supposed to be attached to here? like who's this story being told through? you know mm.
2: and just All right. yeah, right. yeah. so people it, were liking that one, but also, oh
0: yeah, yeah, I don't know why, but I'll talk about it more and I'm gonna be making quickies for everything anyway, so I don't want to get like too into yeah, detail, yeah. But, people uh, like yeah. everything
1: at festivals. it's just they always there's always a positive reaction, it's not a yeah. Good- place to gauge like, yeah there's like uh, the actual audience reaction
0: yeah the uh, the new uh, Xavier Dolan movie on IMDB oh. I guess just from people watching it oh it used to be an eight point something now it's a 6.6 6. it's got a 28 meta score
3: oh, oh no oh,
1: really
0: yep it wasn't very good it was it? a fucking mess All right. <laughs> it, was, oh, it was such a mess oh my god mm that's a shame yeah I'll talk about that more for sure oh so sad (laughs) it was a dumpster fire
1: still made mommy
0: so Mm -hmm. have you guys ever been to any uh, film festivals
2: Uh,
1: not really I've been to the ones where they show my movies that's it
2: yeah (laughs) See, I yeah. would have thought you'd have been to a couple, Ralph, but no, I'm in the same boat. No, no, I've never no, really. been to one. I've, I don't even know how, where you even begin or, or what the process is there, or if there even is one. My hmm. school
1: has uh, free screenings for students all the time, like way before movies come out. So I usually go to those. I don't go to the festivals. Mm-hmm. You know? And those are free. So
0: The festival experience mm-hmm. is a very fun and unique one. I yeah, feel, I want to do it one day. I feel everybody yes, should do it Especially really
1: well. in New York, there's like a ton of great ones <laughs> that I've just never been to. Yeah, Tribeca or whatever it's called. Yeah, Tribeca, there's New York Film Festival.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, geez. Yeah, What's wrong with a lot you? Of good ones. You have so much yeah, opportunity here.
2: <laughs> Are there any good ones in the UK?
0: Um, Berlin's <laughs> supposed to be good. I know that's not in the UK, but that's not like too far away, is it?
2: You have to go into Europe, I guess.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a London Film Festival or something. It's just not something that's, like, I guess, reputable on the world stage that mm-hmm. much. Like, nobody talks about yeah. it. I don't know. There might be something yeah, that's it's just, like, going one. over my head. It's all about, like, the selection and, and how it's run. Yeah. A
1: you're lot close of film to some of the are... best ones, though,
0: Alex. Yeah,
2: you're in, like, the best place for it, so...
1: Who? You're in a good, you're in a good spot too, Alex. You, you're because you're close yeah, to true, France, yeah. which has Cannes and you're close to Venice, and you're close. True, to... true,
2: but yeah. How do you even get like tickets to it?
0: Cannes is oh, invite only, so yeah, you'd Khan's have to, you have to know. like apply. Email him,
1: Alex. Like, like Adam did yo, it's me, Ihe. I want to go to Cannes <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> you show up with like a microphone. Hey, what's up? <laughs> it's me. I hate everything. <laughs>
0: Jerry Seinfeld's <laughs> yeah, there game, yeah. in a bee costume promoting B movie too. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> and then, uh, God, what did uh, the Emoji movie? Who's the fucking guy in that? T.J. Miller didn't he dress yeah. up as an emoji during the yeah, premiere he or something? Oh my suit God. with emojis on it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, and then a bunch of emojis danced with
0: him.
2: Yeah, God, what these fucking guys
1: do to promote these movies? I gotta, I gotta respect it.
0: It's funny, because I mean, like Cannes is Cannes is such a serious business film festival. Like it's yeah. It's way more serious than any any of the other ones I've attended whether you want to consider that a good thing or a bad thing. But like there's so many there's so many uh, uh, people just doing like bidding wars for studios there that like if you're going to promote something you might as well do it. It can because it's like it's an yeah. industry festival basically. Mm-hmm. It's like way more about the industry than the public, which is why it's invite only.
1: Yeah, it's very prestigious. Bunch the
0: entire time I bastards. was there, I felt terrified that I would do something wrong and my badge would get taken away So I behaved <laughs> I was a good boy oh, okay.
2: So when you go to one how does it work Because you get your ticket? But then they all work differently so many people all oh, right I'm just wondering how they organize you actually getting into screenings and having everyone organized and not overflowing and, and stuff
0: Um. so for Toronto Film Fest uh, you Buy your tickets as early as possible. The way you do that is by getting those ticket packages when they're uh, on sale and also having a membership bumps you up uh, before the public ticket packages. And then you have a window of time that they assign for you after the shortly after the schedules out where you can assign the screenings you want. And so I spend like an entire day this year it was like a thirteen hour process of just like going through the different films and being like, okay, what do i want to see where can i fit it in what will conflict with you know the other showings how much time to get from one theater to the other blah 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 make sure to make sure you want to be lining up like an hour early unless it's reserved seating but they only started reserved seating like in the past 2 years uh, and that's only for certain theaters and then you want to leave like a good 20 minutes of shit happens time in there before you you know add that on to the end of the movie cuz there might be a Q&A with the director and, and cast there that you might want to attend mm-hmm. or they might start the movie a bit late. Um, mm. And then, yeah, if it's reserved seating, just show up half an hour early and that's when the line will be letting in. If it's not reserved seating, then show up an hour early at least, depending on what the show is, and just wait in line. And uh, then they let people in and uh, it's a gay old time. Nice. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, Toronto Film Festival is... The one that I've been to that feels the most alive—it's a very, um a very fun experience. It's for the public sort of thing. Like it's it, there's a yeah. there's a vibe I mean, I to it imagine. that that makes it feel so energetic. They they play the same uh, commercials before every movie, pretty much. So like L'Oreal mm. will sponsor the festival, and then they have the same L'Oreal ad uh, before every one of the movies, and so. With so many people attending the festival going to so many different shows a Lot of them just wind up. You know you see the same ad so many times. You're gonna to want to make it more enter- Entertaining so people clap along to the L'Oreal commercial You can tell who in the theater has been to like the other shows or like people will call yeah. out the lines that are next uh, coming up in some of the commercials and uh, mm. When they show the anti-piracy warning Everybody goes "Yarr!" really loudly in the theater <laughs> depending on the show depending on the show sometimes if it's a movie where it's just a bunch of old people there then it's like you'll be the only one saying it but it's kind of funny but yeah the festival has a huge energy to it that um i have not really seen at vancouver film festival i didn't really see it can because it was just so serious business uh i would like to go to sundance that's one that i haven't been to that i would yeah. like to yeah i
1: want to go to sundance one day
0: I've heard good things about Fantastic Fest, but that kind of yeah. conflicts with like it's it happens at the same time as Vancouver Film Fest and like right after Toronto. So it's just like, uh I don't know when I'm going to be able to fit that in, but it would be nice.
1: There are no good film festivals in L.A., right? <laughs> uh, Which is funny because, yeah, you know, know, that's where Hollywood is.
0: There's the one that Nathan Fielder made up so he could give himself an award for that farting <laughs> movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, like East Los Angeles <laughs> International Film Festival or something.
1: And he just created it for himself? That's Yeah, funny. to
0: legitimize his film. Oh, yeah, he didn't want to... the <laughs> farting movie? No, yeah, his movie was the one where he got a Johnny Depp uh, impersonator. Uh, what's the word? I'm looking for a different word. <laughs> yeah. I think impersonator? Impersonator. Okay, a uh, Johnny yeah. Depp yeah. impersonator. He's impersonating Johnny Depp. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he tricked a bunch of people into appearing in his movie for free where the goal was that they would all just buy a bunch of shit from the gift shop. And then after, a lawyer was like, that's illegal, unless this is a real movie. And he's like, well, I guess this needs to be a real movie now. So he <laughs> created a film festival and submitted it
2: and gave himself <laughs> the award. Wow.
1: That's hilarious. Have you guys you not see seen the that Spider-Man? much of uh, Nathan, for you? I have seen quite a bit of it.
0: Oh, you got to watch though. all of it.
1: I saw the one so where good. he sent like thirty maids in a house because he wanted to clean the yeah. houses like really quick, and so they all just go in, and like two minutes like later, the entire house is cleaning. Clean. Yeah, five minute cleaning. That's it. That was really funny. Uh, there's the one where he like impersonated some other guy and then walked a tightrope to impress yeah
0: this girl the hero.
1: That was yeah the hero one. I've seen quite a few of them. Oh, they're yeah, so he's good. He's you got to really watch funny. the whole show. Yeah, it's I one really of my do. favorite
0: shows. Mm-hmm. Nathan, for you, everybody.
1: Yeah. Great show. From what I can from what I know, I've only what seen it. Were you gonna say episodes. about Spider Man? Um, I forgot. Whatever.
2: <laughs> it's just on your brain.
1: Yeah. I'm just always thinking about Spider Man.
2: Mm. Beautiful boy.
1: Yeah, beautiful boy. You want to talk about the movie that you recommended?
0: Beautiful boy? Starring Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet.
1: No. I was referring to Mary and Max, directed by uh <laughs> <with> Al Franken? <laughs> Who directed it? Adam. Adam um, Al Franken. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so we're going to start talking about a movie that was recommended last episode called Mary and Max. If you would like to be a part of this discussion and understand what we're talking about and also not be spoiled for the film, you should probably watch it. It's a really great movie. I think uh, most people enjoy it. And uh, yeah, so spoiler warning and uh, here we go. Mary and Max. Is an Australian film. It is stop motion animated. It's from 2009. Uh, it is uh, his Adam Elliot's directorial debut, I guess, in a feature length uh, sense. He did some shorts before this, and uh, it's basically just a an endearing kind of like heartwarming dramatic story about a little girl in Australia that uh, decides to uh, write a letter to. A random person in America, and it turns out this random person is a man with Asperger's syndrome in New York, played by uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and they have a very unique friendship that is uh, a joy to watch. What did you guys think about this film?
2: I loved it. I thought it was absolutely impeccable.
0: Awesome. Wow.
1: I really liked it. I'm iffy on some things, but we'll discuss it. I think it's really good, though.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that affection you have for a Fantastic Planet, I think, is what I feel towards this movie. I thought Dang. it was just yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah well, this movie has get... a
1: very miserable tone, so <laughs> I can see why he yeah, likes it. It, it. You described I, it as. It's not
2: miserable. Heart, heartwarming. I, yeah. um, it's heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. It's it kind bittersweet. Of, yeah, bittersweet, um, but it's it's not unflinching no it is unflinching yeah, even it's like it, it's it's not it's not scared to show you things that mm-hmm. <laughs> you you won't you don't expect especially in in this form which a lot of the time is associated with kind of children's entertainment if you remove things like anomalisa which we've all seen mm-hmm. um yeah especially with the kind of wacky character designs
0: yes Anomalisa didn't really have exaggerated yeah exactly
2: Anomalisa is a much more sort of straightforward kind of character drama Mm -hmm. where this kind of embraces the the cartooniness of the fact that it is animated and it's it's goofy it's got a sense of humor like a witty sense of humor about it Mm
3: -hmm.
1: yeah but it's still upsetting (laughs) a lot of a lot of times Mm -hmm. i love what they did with the color where new york city was like all gray and then Mm -hmm. what where mary was was brown lots of brown colors that was cool Mm -hmm. The, the animation is fantastic and the use of color is fantastic
2: yeah the, the animation in particular is i, I want to say it might be the best stop motion animation I've seen. I was looking through like lists of um stop motion animated movies that I have seen, and mm-hmm. sure if you just in terms of spectacle, I guess something like Kubo is impressive, but it's lacking literally everything else yeah um, i think yeah. as as a whole it really embraces the kind of Animated nature of what animation lets you achieve, you know, it has, it takes full advantage of it. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the it has the goofiness, but serve. yeah, it has, and, and unlike something like Anomalisa, which is also brilliant, it, it 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 kind of shows you more than just, you know, that film's kind of a what's the word, like a isolated kind of. Mm-hmm singular story where this one is showing you lots of different environments and for every little detail and story they're cutting away to different bits of b-roll with all these crazy little miniatures and built-up sets and everything it's quite frenetic in how much you're just shown constantly Mm -hmm. and all this immense detail that they've put into everything i think just in that regard the animation it's like he really understood um adam elliott like the the potential of animation and the best way to utilize it to tell a story like this
1: yeah it was very detailed all the sets are very detailed the the city streets all had just little pieces of trash and it just felt dirty like they got everything right in terms of that stuff
0: so you would say that this is an accurate representation of new york
1: well, it's obviously goofy, yeah. but it, it captures the spirit of New York, the like yeah. the underground, rainy fucking night New York. It captures that really well. You know, that, yeah, really most, movies don't. Is, uh... most, most movies shot yeah. in New York don't even sell it as well as this movie does. Yeah, it's so. not
2: like a very good holiday location, is it? No. This movie. <laughs> well, neither it depends when, when you go.
1: No, neither is Australia. Australia is a dump too, especially where she was. Her mother, the, the character designs are all great, mm-hmm. but her mother was, like, just this ratchety, fucking, her eyes are always squinty, and constant she always looks wobbling. Tired, constant wobbling, there's always a cigarette hanging out of her mouth, it's fucking awesome.
2: I liked how the film had something to say as well, though, it wasn't all just, like, a goofy animation with this carefree kind of story, um, at the end of it all, it's about how everyone has, like, flaws. Every single character in the film pretty much has some kind of singular flaw that is pulling them down in some way. And Mm -hmm. by the end, it's kind of their journey of how to overcome it and that it's okay to be flawed in some way. Everyone has their quirks and that doesn't have to weigh you down. And overcoming it and accepting it is like an important part of life and all that. Mm -hmm. I like that Mary's Mary's
1: constantly trying to get rid of them instead of just embracing them. And it ends Mm -hmm. up ruining her life trying to get rid of them.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, I also like the depiction of Aspergers in it, which I thought was yeah really yeah. In, like a lot of movies don't even tackle that, and this movie did in a very um, interesting and uh, it felt authentic to me. Mm-hmm, Knowing mm-hmm. people who have Aspergers and autism, it felt authentic to me. I don't know. This it says it said it was based on a true story. So, is it the the letters? Are those like real letters that they just animated, or were those like doctored up a- later the, on? Apparently,
2: the um. The true story is based on the director has been sent, like had a pen pal in New York for like thirty, forty years or something, and he based the kind oh. of loose idea of that. I think he still crafted an original narrative around oh. it, but I think the core idea was based around that. Mm.
1: I was just wondering if the letters themselves were the real letters that he just you know he took pieces of and and animated them. That'd be funny, I don't uh, think that's the
0: case. I wouldn't though.
2: be surprised. But
1: Yeah, well, th- it felt like that to me because I think this is one of the complaints I have with it. The letter parts where the characters were just, especially on um, the Max character, his letters went on for a little too long. And Hi. it got Exalted. to a point where I felt the story was just stretched out. Because really not a lot happens plot-wise. And for me, everything just felt kind of slow and and stretched out way more than it needed to be. Even though the really. movie's super short, yeah, but that's just how I felt. I think the letters mm. just went on for too long.
0: I I disagree because I feel I feel as though the letters were the story. Like it, I felt like yeah. the individual beats of the plot, where it's like, okay, well now, uh, she wrote this book and it didn't work out, or like she you know met this this guy. Those were just things that were necessary to have like an overarching kind of narrative and help give the characters more to talk about within their letters. But I think the, yeah. the heart of the story, the meat of the story is within the letters themselves, really. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's yeah, what I get it's out just, of it.
1: It's just an odd way to structure a story. That you oh, have yeah. a narrator explaining the first twenty minutes, and then you have a letter that goes on for ten minutes, and then the narrator keeps going, and then there's another letter. It's just very, it's very odd, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not sure if I liked it.
2: I have a theory about the narration. Um, I thought the narration was actually really effective because I think it can be quite annoying as yeah, like the most a crutch part. when when mishandled. But I thought um, it it may have actually been used so much to sort of help the animation in terms of they're not having to constantly lip sync all the time, like dialogue, yeah. which would add way more like time-consuming kind of stuff to the, the production. And it already took something like 52 weeks just to do, yeah. just to shoot. So that, I get it might that, have but... been like a budgetary thing, but I don't know. It, it, I don't think it, it didn't bother me. I just thought, oh, that's a clever way of getting around that issue of yeah. how time-consuming animation is.
1: I get that, but I feel like they could have cut the narration down, and I wouldn't have been lost at all. Because I think the animation is so good at telling the story that you don't even really need a narrator for all of it, or most of it. Did you guys feel that? I mean, clearly, you didn't... No, the narration (laughs) helped a lot.
2: Yeah, it's them writing a letter, which is them kind of spewing out everything they're thinking, but then, in the times where they're not communicating with each other, or reading letters, or writing letters that's when the narrator will come in and kind of explain how they're feeling. So yeah, thought, but it was constant. I thought that was It was fine.
1: like constant explaining what they're feeling, letters explaining what they're feeling, then back to narrator explaining what they're feeling. And I'm not... There was a point where it got kind of grating for mm. me. You that's know? just I mean, what Max's I love about letter, the movie. Max's letter yeah, felt like... that's what I liked. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, I, that's that's your right, but Max's letter went off for like 20 minutes, and I was like, oh, my God. All right, I, god max just send the fucking letter let's move
0: on (laughs) no i i just love these characters and i love exploring them i love how how much detail we get not just from the characters themselves but also from the narrator like there's so many uses of of simile where they use other ideas to kind of describe how they're feeling like you know, the first one off the top of my head doesn't really have to do with feeling, but uh, her eyes were like muddy puddles or whatever. Like, there's always these mm-hmm. weird, kind of yeah. quirky examples that they give to try and uh, describe something and, and make kind of like a, a parallel. And they did that yeah. a lot with their emotions too, which I really liked.
1: Mm-hmm. And those, those times it was very effective, but I think there were other times it wasn't really. I also didn't think it was that funny for me, I thought it was chuckle worthy. Sometimes, but nothing that funny. Um, oh, yeah, I
2: didn't find it hilarious. I just I liked the tone it was going for. Um kind of the the humour from details people obsess over in reality or little quips people make yeah. in reality. It kind of grounds these characters and that's why they are so believable. Like you you were You're not too keen on Max's letter going on for so long, but that's what I liked about it, because you could really see that this guy has nothing, and suddenly he has this one thing to really, like, harness his mind into. And it does help explain and and it's even part of the plot with that Mm -hmm. is how his mind works and going into this immense detail onto these completely irrelevant things like he's just he's describing something and then all of a sudden he's like, what do you think of this word? These are my favorite words. And it's just like this really genuine depiction of of this character who's so lonely and just looking for a friendship.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You would always end the letters with like 10 questions. What's your favorite Mm -hmm. blah 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 blah. What's this favorite blah blah blah. I I like that part that's why
0: it's realistic in terms of how it kept going in terms of how they kept uh, writing back to each other and, you know, responding to each other. They were always so interested in each other's lives. They were always Mm -hmm. looking for that form of connection where they could. You know, have this kind of conversation with somebody else, and they they haven't been able to up until that point.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Like, it was just the way I didn't like the story was paced. I just didn't like the back and forth of it, of just going from a letter to another letter to a narration. I I didn't find it that interesting. Well, maybe you're watching movies wrong, Ralph. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. you maybe I'm just wa- maybe I'm just watching movies wrong. I think there's just, there's a lot of, like, lulls in it. I think there's a lot of lulls. slow points. Yeah, lulls.
2: <laughs> <the> lulls, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty lullsy uh, I, movie. <laughs> yeah. Keck. It is. I just, yeah. But I still really liked it. Again, I I agree with everything you guys say for the most part. It looked great. Um, I didn't like the music, actually. I just remembered that. How'd you guys feel about the music?
2: Uh, I liked the music. Um, you did? It's, uh, yeah, uh, it's... I was researching because I'd heard a lot of it before. Um, it was from some they used a lot from what are they called some penguin band <laughs> from like the eighties <laughs> yeah. or nineties. Um, I think they used the the main uh, song uh, in some adverts. So I'd heard it before. I thought it mm. kind of fit. It fit that character as the as that uh, the mm. Mary um, her kind of theme. Yeah, I liked it. What mm. did you not like about it?
1: I don't know. I, just, I didn't like it. I did like the use of music in that one part where he was uh, typing the letter and they played like, classical music behind that's, him.
0: The song is literally called The Typewriter, by the way. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, that, that part
1: was great. The rest of the music, not so much. I assume most of it was original compositions for the
0: movie. And those, I didn't like so much. I felt like tone-wise, the songs worked perfectly for the film. I feel like they, mm-hmm. they emphasized the The emotions that were intended by the film and helped bring a lot of uh energy to it in in some places and and uh I guess my biggest issue with the music would just be how many times they played the main theme because yeah even yeah. even just not including like the different variations like there were some transitionary pieces, I guess where they kind of reprised it in different ways but if we're if we're even if we're only talking about like. The piano part of that I counted six times on this watch and I was like, I mean, like I had always felt yeah. like it was too many times and this time I actually bothered to count because I knew I, w- I would want to talk about it. Yeah, I feel like it probably should have been like three, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not two. six, three would have I mean, been I fine.
1: Even, I didn't like that song, so not even once for me, but okay, twice would have been tolerable.
0: Yeah, if you don't like that <AI Lori> song, da 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 I can see that getting really annoying. Yeah,
1: there were a few things like that. His letters, uh, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a downer, like I hated the movie. I I thought it was so good, but there mm-hmm. were those things about it that that took away a lot that I think. I mean, I I think it's more personal for me too, because clearly those things don't bother most people. It didn't bother you guys, but mm. um, yeah, I just feel like there was something missing. For keeping it from being great for me, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah I know the feeling. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of burps, there are lots of, like, fart oh, yeah. and poop jokes. Constant
0: yeah. farting and pooping.
1: I just saw your letterbox review, Ihe. You <laughs> said, I liked all the farts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean about how it does, it does embrace that kind of goofy character yeah. thing they're going for with the animation. Like I, yeah. I, I watched a bit of um, the, what's his face, Adam Elliott's short that I think won the mm-hmm. Oscar in like 2000. Harvey Crumpet? And yeah, yeah. Um, and that that is very similar in terms of that kind of thing mm-hmm. with the very mm-hmm. like over-the-top expressive, <laughs> goofy farts and noises and stuff like that. And I, yeah. I like that kind of stuff, man. I'm, it's what makes animation so like unique to me.
0: Yeah, I love, I love the how it's kind of like juxtaposing in a way because Mm -hmm. you get those. And then at the same time, you're dealing with like alcoholism, suicide, you know, like all of these very adult, uh, conversations and it helps, you know, it helps keep the movie from being needlessly gloom. You know, it doesn't need to be an entire depressing experience. It can be a bit of both, you know, it has a lot of heart to it. And, uh, Watching it this time, I was, you know, I, I went into it with the thought of like, I wonder, I wonder if this could be considered for kids. And you know, quickly, I was just like, nah, it's not a not a okay. kids movie at all, really. Yeah, not. I mean, I don't a, know what age remotely. you should watch it, but like, it have to be. They like, can't even comprehend know, the emotions older.
1: going on. Twelve? Really? Like, I think you can't comprehend plus? the emotions I think so. these people That's are fine. feeling. Oh yeah, I guess because the little girl. But I mean, you could I mean, this movie's dealing with it. like depression and and fucking a uh, pill addiction and <laughs> you know, lots of heavy stuff that I think I you can't really process till you're 18 or you know, a little you older. You reckon
2: that old? I mean
1: Yeah. I mean uh, more I, the emotional I think to actually things... get something out of it. Like I think anyone under 18 can enjoy it, but to to I think
2: they'll get something out of it. They'll, re- they'll relate they relate to enjoy uh, Mary, right? Yeah, and Mary up yeah, to the times point you where can she, get out of she
1: it. her her book fails and then she becomes depressed and thinks about suicide and all that.
0: I don't think you need to personally experience like a Valium addiction to get something out of it. You know? <laughs> oh, no,
1: but I'm just saying like <laughs> when you're young, you don't understand the just the emotional baggage that comes with that, you know, to fully understand that.
0: I think you're aiming a little <laughs> high with 18, though. Okay. I think 12 okay, is so, about right.
1: 12?
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, sure, you'll get more out of it the older you get. Let's near. negotiate. Like and you, say 14. You always get 14. more perspective <laughs> as you age, ideally. Yeah. But that's, I, I don't think that, you know, someone who's younger couldn't get anything out of it. You know, yeah. there's tons yeah, to get out of it. This is the kind of
2: thing I would have loved. Like, I, I loved being shown these kind of adult themes when I was around 13, 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even oh. if I didn't properly understand them, it was like, I don't like the idea of, of holding back things like that, just because they're bad and negative. Like, what, why protect mm-hmm. things that, like that, that? It does exist that these shelter. things are very real. Yeah, why shelter them? Like, no, I'm not saying shelter them, thing, but you know. like,
1: you you're gotten, you got like fucking drug addiction and stuff like that in this movie, and there's, you don't understand that kind of shit when you're 12 years old, <laughs> you know? You need someone to explain it to you. Yeah, hopefully, right. So I'm saying like you can't really understand what something like that is like well, until you're older.
0: Here's the thing though, you say someone needs to explain it to you, but does the film not do a good job explaining it? Like it's pretty right, obvious. No, yeah, the film from does a good job how it's presenting it like that, you know, her her drinking sherry or whatever, like this is her priority in life it consumes her. It shows Uh, Mary uh, growing up and falling into the same patterns after being severely depressed like it's very clear that these vices that both of these characters have are Out of self-loathing and and just you know having bad experiences in their life and wanting to escape from reality And I think I don't think you need to be I don't think you need to have this explained to you before watching the movie to understand That that's happening in the movie, you know like the film itself can teach you that if you don't understand that already
1: Okay I don't think the movie explains the. All right, this is a stupid discussion on that.
0: All right,
1: okay. I'm just saying maybe twelve discussion. year. I'm saying twelve year olds might not enjoy it because it's about shit they might not understand. That's what I'm saying. Okay. And we can negotiate. Let's say fourteen. Okay. No. Okay, thirteen. You want to negotiate down to thirteen? 13? Thirteen's lowest. I'm going.
0: If we don't have to agree, I mean, we could just disagree. Okay, fine. Yeah. 12 12 it is <laughs> Okay, I really uh, I'm I, I really love Like you guys mentioned the color uh, the color palette of the film and I think that that was mm-hmm. also super well done um, I love how not only is it very rare to see uh, Animated or even stop-motion animated films with such interesting and intentional color palettes but I also like how it's kind of like metaphorical in a way how you know, it's it should be pretty noticeable. Like, yes, the more that he's interacting with her, the more color is brought into his world. You know, she's he, she's literally giving life into his experience. If that yeah. makes sense, so yeah, the light of
2: his life, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he does I, the same thing that.
0: to her when
1: he sends over the the dolls, whatever they're called. They're all black. The noblets, yeah, the other noblets. They're all gray, <laughs> like mm-hmm. New York. So yeah, that was that was excellent.
0: That was so smart. Yeah, barely ever see anything like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So the film made no money, really. Um, of course, the initial release. Um, it was made on like an eight point two Australian, eight point two million Australian dollar budget, and only got mm-hmm. just under two million, mm-hmm. or something, in in, in the US. Um, hopefully, it, it made up the losses um, once it came to. Home releases, but hopefully I mean, this film was kind of hard for me to find in the UK. Um, yeah. I was hoping it would be on iTunes oh, really? or Amazon or something, but it really wasn't. Um, it was on uh,
1: Netflix for a while. I remember oh, it was yeah? on Netflix for like years. Yeah. Oh really? It, it was. Well, really? It isn't now, but I found it on Amazon real quick.
2: Yeah, that's probably just the same old distribution thing being like, ugh.
0: who would want to watch this movie?
2: Yeah, okay, exactly. So
1: it's it's five million dollars or six million dollars in the U.S. The budget was mm-hmm. six million dollars USD. Yeah, so, yeah, it didn't make its money. It might have over the years, like you said, but who knows? I, I mean, uh, who knows? I hope it did.
0: He already made another short film in 2015. I haven't seen it though. I don't know if oh, he's yeah. got any more plans for uh, feature-length shit though. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I gotta check out his stuff. He's a very talented
0: guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But for six million dollars, this film looks amazing.
0: Oh yeah. 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 The amount it definitely of like, got puppets the
2: and yeah, yeah. And it has all the classic kind of, you know, Ardman animation like Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run and all that. You you got all the little quirks that come with it, like the fingerprints and lint yeah. um mm-hmm. all over the the models when they zoom in close and I really appreciated the little details that they really didn't have to animate things like when Max is eating one of the things he's been sent in the letter, and it's kind of caught on the edge of his lip, and he like mm-hmm. licks it up or whatever while he's, while he's typing. just little details like that that they really went that extra mile because that 's the kind of thing that, especially with stop motion animation th- that would have increased the workload so much just to do a tiny little detail like that mm-hmm. and they did it anyway that's the kind of thing I really appreciate with with this art form um, yeah specifically
0: it really um like most of the story takes place in like two locations, like the apartment Mm -hmm. and kind of surrounding area and then, uh, Mary's home and then maybe a little bit in the surrounding area. But yeah, it really doesn't feel limited in that sense because they're constantly, they're constantly showing things that are like, you know, a baby in a beer glass and, and like all these things Mm -hmm. that they didn't have to animate. They didn't have to put effort into, but it really gives it the sense of, of, kind of limitless scale that the film has yeah. or when he's talking about like fish smoking cigarettes and becoming nicotine dependent dependent mm-hmm. yeah that was one of my favorite parts and they just showed it anyway you know like it could have just been a joke but instead they show it visually and I, I really appreciate the efforts that they put into that because each of those is either a new set or a new character design you know you're mm-hmm. not just animating with the same materials you already have that's that's money and time and effort
2: Yeah, I think without those, I would agree with Ralph. Um, I probably would have felt the time much more. But each one of those is so like just appreciating how much work they put into the visual aspect, really taking advantage of the animation side of things. It's just so impressive. Like I, I I just have so much respect for this art form.
1: I appreciated those cutaway segments, but again, even those, I got, (laughs) I got kind of tired of them, (laughs) and I didn't think some. I found some of them were funny. Some of them really weren't for me, so.
2: See, even the ones that weren't funny to me, I didn't think they all had to be funny. Because it was all it was all kind of building into these characters, making them feel grounded and realistic. Like
1: Okay. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's just a personal thing.
0: But you're watching it wrong.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm straight, rough. Do you guys have any plot
1: holes to complain about?
2: Oh, so many. Let's get into that one. <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed to talk about them. Oh, okay, so
0: let's not then it did feel like a little tad forced the whole uh, You know pulp mill book kind of thing Like that that plot mean? element to where, where they oh, had I their see. conflict and I get that they, oh. they needed some sort of excuse to get there. I don't know if I would have any kind of Suggestion on what they could have done to make it better I, I didn't really think too hard about alternatives, but it did feel like a tad bit forced just getting into that that part of the plot
1: Oh yeah. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. I I, I, I kind
1: of felt that too. Again, it makes sense for a character to want to.
0: You're you're referring
1: to the book she wrote, like how to how to cure yeah Aspergers or whatever. And like, there's a larger it fits into the whole theme. Like, oh, that. you're trying to cure me from my personality, but I could just be who I am. You know. Yeah. But, it wasn't. So I, yeah. I get it. But you're you're right in that it felt kind of weird. Like, oh, she's gonna write a a thesis and it becomes a book.
0: What? <laughs> and yeah. then... Asperger, yeah, I I can see what you're saying. Local academic Pulp's novel and career.
2: (laughs) It's kind of tongue-in-cheek, though, isn't it? And exaggerated and over the top, just like everything else.
1: The whole movie has a silly tone to it, so... Mm -hmm. That didn't bother me.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like, overall, you know, what we get out of the characters from each of these things happening is worth more than, you know, any kind of, like, tiny... Inconsistency or or exaggeration or nitpick because Mm -hmm. Really, it's not a movie that that relies on a kind of tight-knit action reaction kind of story structure where it's like this needs to happen and then that turns into this and that turns into this and it's like Yeah, that's there there are beats in the story that that move it along but at the end of the day Mm -hmm what I really get out of it is the conversations between these characters and them describing themselves and their experiences, the presentation, all of that. So it's not really affected too much by any kind of like plot convenience or something that, you know, might feel a bit forced, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your take on uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's performance?
1: Oh, it's amazing as usual. Yeah.
2: yeah. So it was actually you could probably just even voice recognize acting. him. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: If you didn't tell me it was Philip Seymour Hoffman, I would have been like, "Wow, I wonder who they got."
2: Yeah, he really disguised. And, and his Mary voice. was
1: good too. Did they actually get like a younger kid to voice Mary? Because it's introducing. Yeah, they did. Oh, they did. Cause she was good. I mean, for a kid.
0: Mhm. Very great voice acting. You mm-hmm. could you even could Eric watch... Bana.
1: He was the stuttering guy. Oh right? yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. He was
1: very good. A lot of big voice actors in this, even though. So weird. Like it. it doesn't. It seems like actors, a small yeah. movie, but you got like this Oscar caliber cast. Yeah, like Tony Collette is. Yeah, Tony Collette.
2: Yeah, Mary. So.
0: Yeah, that was great. Very simple, very effective story, and uh, I would give this one a nine out of ten. It's a little too simple.
1: <laughs> I felt it was a little, a little stretched too out. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I felt man. it was a little
1: stretched out. Uh, pacing was a little weird. There's some humor I didn't like, but, like, overall, I think this is a really good movie. The animation's fantastic. The acting's fucking great, and I admire the fact that it's, you know, an animated movie that's dealing with serious things, and it's adult. I give it four out of five stars. Bada-boom.
2: Yeah, I'd, probably, I'd give it either a nine or, or ten, probably. Um, I liked every element of it, and I think because of how rare... These stop motion films are I just appreciate it on that extra level. Um mm-hmm. I always mean, really gone through every like not only is the animation like fantastic, but the characters also really good, the performances are really good, the cinematography is amazing. Like mm-hmm. it's just a, a great all round film, let alone like a you don't have to put the caveat of, Yeah, it's an animated film for babies, but <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a great film like it mm-hmm. and i just i i absolutely adore when animated films just use the most of the fact that it is a visual medium and it can be so ex- expressive with the character designs and and the performances and just the way everything looks and is blocked it's just really mm-hmm. impressive really really like this film
1: It's very daring to make a movie like this because they these adult animated movies never do well So you have to go into it knowing that you're probably not gonna make make money money. This is clearly a labor of love and still everyone fucking puts a hundred and ten percent Which is crazy to me that they just you know, they were that passionate about making it Yeah,
0: Yeah, it seems like a lot of people have seen it at this point at least Um, because it's amazing but yeah, like, what, it was, IMD- what if it wasn't it's in amazing? The
2: IMDb top two fifty.
0: <laughs> yeah, think. top two fifty right. right now. Yeah. If it was anything
1: less than amazing, then the movie just would have done bad, and no one would ever hear of it ever. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. everyone's like, "Oh shit, this has to be amazing,"
0: and it is. So, uh-huh. God bless him. Well, I'm really glad that uh, you enjoyed this bittersweet tale of farts, bird poop, and fish genocide. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm i not sure if you're aware, uh, but I think that uh, 2009 might be the single best year for stop motion animation because really? we got Marion Max, we got A Town Called Panic, and we also got Fantastic Mr. Fox all in the same year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh, that cool. is a good year. Isn't that insane? Like, you only get one good that stop motion insane. animated yeah. movie every, like, 10 years, usually. Those all came yeah. out the same year.
1: 2009 was a good year. Wasn't yeah. that
0: a... It was a dis- good year nine? overall. Jesus. Yeah. It was 2009 really was a great year for film.
2: That's like three of the best ones ever made, like, <laughs> the same <laughs> year. <laughs> yeah. 2014
1: was a great year, too. And um, what was another good one? I think 2008.
0: 1994,
1: 1999. Oh, uh, Nin- mm-hmm. was great. That was Goodfellas, I think. And then all of the 70s.
0: All of them? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Basically, the 1970s was just the best decade for movies, mm-hmm. and then it mm-hmm. fell off. Sorry. <laughs> and now we got skyscraper and the Meg, <laughs> and Jumanji two. Slenderman. And it's all your fault.
0: Yeah, and Slenderman. Venom. Ready oh, yeah, to go, Venom get looks, him. Venom. Looks, great. <laughs> it looks wait, so, it's so good. good. Did you hear Eminem's track? <laughs> <laughs> it's no, really bad. I mean, he made like oh, on his it? new album. He made a song for the Venom movie. And that's the chorus. It's like, (laughs) Venom! You're never gonna hear what Get him! Venom! (laughs) Listen to it. It's it's so funny. I hope it's in the film. I don't know. It might be be in the credits. If it's in the actual movie, I'll clap. (laughs) uh, That one's gonna be fun.
2: Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. wait. I
0: honestly can't wait. Maybe if the Oscars kept their uh, best uh, popular movie category, then that would win, but they got rid of it. Oh,
1: yeah. They got rid of that shit well hilarious they got called on their shit Marvel's like oh what you're gonna give a second place so you can get more ratings how about you go fuck yourself and then they went okay I mean good for them it was a dumb decision anyway to to make a most popular movie Oscar category
0: it's funny how they didn't see that it was so dumb before doing it and thought this is a good good idea
2: until the backlash Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah from everyone it wasn't just like one particular Mm -hmm. side it was like Disney Marvel being like, really? They're like, uh-oh, we pissed off the gods. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you don't fuck with the mouse.
0: Yeah. All right. You want to do some uh, questions?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do Alex, it. you
0: got them?
2: Do it up. I have I have many. Many, many, many. We can start here with, uh, actually, if you want to leave your own questions, head over to the Sardonicast Reddit. There's usually a thread that Ralph puts in there. Mm-hmm. I liked how you referred to us as a... Uh, what was it Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, and? Oh yeah, well I keep what changing them up about? every week. Well, because yeah, yeah.
1: I started first, I was like ask questions for Ralph, Alex, and Adam, but then I started changing it to like Mike, Jay, and Rich, and like Mo, Larry, Curly, and, <laughs> and this, <laughs> this week was uh, Hillary oh, okay. Clinton, Bernie Sanders, and Donald Trump. Okay, <laughs> three. Yeah, who would be? Who would be each? I guess I'd be Donald Trump because I'm from New York. I'm, I probably have <laughs> yeah. the most in common with him. Hey. I did hey. Bernie. Okay, and then Alex is Hillary I've, Clinton. I've got
2: to be fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> nice, guys. That's why I did this to Bernie. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, our first question comes from Mufasa underscore nine. Who nice. says, what is a great movie that isn't very rewatchable? What do you uh, think,
1: guys? Son of Saul? Great movie. It's about the Holocaust and it's miserable. I would never watch it again, at least not for 10 mm-hmm. years, but it's a fantastic movie.
2: That's how I feel about Twelve Years a Slave. Like oh, yeah, uh, that's, that's sound like just messed me up when I first watched it. And I really actually want to see it again, but every time I go to it, it's like uh it's so good, but it's so so sad.
0: You don't love being horribly depressed? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually. Oh. Yeah, I guess uh my answer <laughs> would be uh probably Dear Zachary is one of those. Mm-hmm. So it's just like great movie. Yeah, I still gotta watch it. Not not gonna put it on at a party.
2: <laughs> no no
0: yeah there's other there's plenty of movies that i love just watching so many times in a row like good time i watched so many times within a very short mm-hmm. amount of time yeah because
1: yeah. it's
2: a good time
0: exactly
1: that's that's right but requiem
2: for a dream isn't isn't like the best time
1: <laughs> oh no yeah that's a that's a rough time
0: yeah i i don't know i could watch requiem for a dream a million times
1: oh huh, okay I like
3: getting emotional (laughs) experiences
0: out of things, you know, and especially if the movie has a lot to offer in terms of like presentation, Mm because then I'm like enjoying it for its acting and cinematography and stuff like that. So if it has a lot of that, then I'm more likely to be wanting to go back into a depressing experience, because it's not really just about like, oh, no, I feel sad watching the movie. It's like that's not the whole experience. A lot of it is appreciation for the craft, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can totally see that
2: we have a good one from uh make good make better who says is calling a film or any piece of media overrated a valid criticism have you ever disliked a movie simply because it's held in such high regard it's a difficult overrated.
1: question cuz like your experience before you see a movie i think does affect how you see a movie, or even during Mm -hmm. the movie, the experience. If you're watching a movie with annoying kids in the theater, you're going to have a bad time watching the movie. It's going to ruin your experience, right? Yeah. So, I mean, going into it beforehand, hearing it's the greatest movie ever made, you're Mm going to expect a certain level of quality. And when it's not up to that level, you're going to be disappointed. So... It's, it's the same it's, yeah. it's a case by case basis, you know, sometimes it's your fault for thinking a movie's going to be the greatest thing ever. And sometimes you should expect a certain, you know, bar of quality that the movie doesn't reach. And then you go, mm-hmm. okay, well, what the fuck was that? Why'd everyone make a big deal of that? Like Black Panther or Wonder Woman, right? That's just how yeah. I feel about
0: it. Yeah, I think that it's more of a criticism against uh audiences than it is against the film. Yeah. You know? Right. It's a criticism but what it's not really against anymore. the movie itself. It's it's about like if you want to bring that into the conversation of of what people, you know, what people pay money for, films out there like Mary and Max that make no money even though everybody who's watched it pretty much loves it, then you could bring that into a conversation about About what studios decide to push towards audiences and advertise and that's more of a criticism against Hollywood and a criticism against You know the the big machine that decides what people watch and what people don't watch Right not really against Mm -hmm. a movie itself. You can be like hey Kubo didn't deserve All the credit it got because look at it and max, but that's not really an argument against Kubo Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, yeah, if it's your only argument it's kind of like a weak. I didn't like that film because it was overrated. It's kind of like, well, there isn't much substance there to delve into. And it's mm-hmm. the same thing where it's like you can go into a film because everyone's telling you, man, this is the best. You have to see this. Where you might say, yeah, this kind of feels overrated. And the same, the inverse is true all the time. where Everyone's ragging on a movie, and then everyone goes in expecting the worst film ever. And then they're like, well, it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. I thought it was actually pretty good. You see that? You see that everywhere. It's just this extreme reaction. Everyone has to have everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's a it's something that's worth mentioning for sure. Like I'll, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll talk Mm -hmm. about how Pixar is overrated, but it's not. It (laughs) you can't use that as an argument against the film itself and not, you know, support it by anything. Mm -hmm. But
1: I think it does affect your viewing experience in some way. For sure. Yeah. Okay. It puts you in a
2: frame of mind where Mm -hmm. like you might feel like even subconsciously that cause everyone's going on about how perfect this piece of media is if you're going into it. You might be slightly more critical because of it. And yeah. the same with the inverse. Mm-hmm. Whereas if these things. movies
1: were just like, if I saw Wonder Woman on TV one night and i had never heard of it, I'd be mm-hmm. like, Oh, all right. That was a average superhero movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the whole big thing makes it, you know, Oh, why is it? Why is everyone holding it up so high? Mm-hmm.
0: I wouldn't, cares. I wouldn't say that it would make me more critical, but I, it does make me a lot more defensive in my criticisms because if yeah. I, if yeah. I can anticipate that people are going to have a huge issue with me, just not liking it as much, then a lot of the time I'll try to sort of, uh, preemptively address arguments that will inevitably be made against my position
2: mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's fair.
1: You have to like elaborate on your points more and be more intelligent. Whereas if you're talking about something with, you know,
0: no buzz, like... Slenderman.
1: Well, yeah, like, you could just say a bunch <laughs> of shit and, and call Joey King ugly and whatever. No one would care. Because it's fucking... Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's Slenderman. No one cares. It's, yeah, it's the bandwagon.
0: Movie,
1: right? Yeah. Ride this it's train. Ba- people, people love that. They love getting on the bandwagon and creating this whole hype train. And then there would be a group of people who think, you know what, Slenderman wasn't that bad. It's pretty underrated. Yeah.
2: It's funny the way you have to adjust how you talk about movies just based on how well known or popular or what the critical reception is yeah. of them. Yeah, if it's, it's like some Dom
1: like B movie, it. no one cares. You can fucking say yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, but you can't insult Gal Gadot.
2: Hell no, no, Gal Gadot, sexist. What? What she is is a Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot? Or- I think
1: it's Gal Gadot.
2: Gazelle, really?
1: Yeah, Gal Gadot.
2: Gazelle. Okay. I've said it
1: wrong many times. I'm gonna call her Wonder Woman. Career. That's fine. Yeah, it's call
2: Wonder Woman. So user Owen Poe has left this little juicy one for us. Mm. What are your viewpoints between British and American humor or comedy in films? Quite vague, but, but what? how do we feel about the cultural difference there? It's like anything American else. America does it the best. British humor. Really? <laughs> Way to go, no. Ralph. Really? No.
1: <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's a case-by-case basis. Edgar Wright's fucking hilarious. Monty Python's hilarious, and then you got guys in America who are funny,
2: but you can't name. I'm trying to
1: think of one. <laughs> <laughs> like
2: a, w- I'll think of like, one when because um, a lot of the time, Tyler Perry. It, yes, yeah, so... Tyler
1: Perry. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great. One.
2: It kind of seems to affect television a bit more. Like we, yeah, in the UK, we come up with some amazing like comedy, um, whether it be something like. Uh, the Office, Peep Show, In Between Us, whatever. And then inevitably America gets hold of it and like remakes him. it. Have, have you seen like the. <laughs> yes. I think there's like a Peep Show American remake. And, mm-hmm. The Office and, and, is and a,
1: the, probably the most famous one. But yeah, it's a very. Yeah. I, I watched the British Office because I love the American Office. And it's a very, mm. very different sense of humor. It's the same concept for the show. But your fucking version of the main character is like just like the meanest piece of shit I can imagine. The humor is so mean in the British office, whereas the American one is a lot goofier. And even though uh, mm-hmm. Steve Carell's character is like a weirdo, he's not like mean and it, like a <laughs> like like how Ricky Gervais is.
2: Yeah, so it's kind of this is way less uh, friendly.
1: Yeah. It's just fucking it's quite, like yeah. straight, you know. I'm trying to. Well, think I've heard of plenty a...
2: of people who who like they try to watch, they go and watch like the uh, English version of of The Office after watching the American one because they like it so much, and they, and they can't. They, actually, they physically cannot do it because it, of how it's, it's
1: uncomfortable. <laughs>
2: it, it, it's so it's so beautifully uncomfortable. And Peep yeah. Show is the same way. Peep Show is like one of my favorite comedy mm-hmm. series it it, it is so, it is uncomfortable to the point where i i could totally understand why someone who's not used to that kind of thing c- could not deal with it because it's like uh, for the it, record it, it, it i think it's still so funny
1: with. the british office is funny it's just very different you know it's
2: very different um there's there's some video i can't remember who made it where, where they were comparing english and american comedy and mm-hmm. a lot of the time American comedy stems from the main character being this kind of awesome, like, really smart know-it-all who's put in a situation with around, like, a bunch of doofuses. And a lot of the English kind of humor is really self-deprecating and everyone's pathetic and they're all losers. And that's where the kind of humor comes from, where it's Mm -hmm. like if you take something like Community, um, which is a, a show I like, but Joel McHale in that show, he's like a smart ass, a know-it-all. He doesn't really have any flaws, particularly. And then you contrast contrast that with something like Peep Show, where just every character is either like an asshole or they're so pathetic. I um, thought that was an interesting vid.
1: Yeah, American characters are like more straightforward. Like, oh, American people can put themselves onto that character. Whereas your characters yeah. are all just fucking dicks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or, or embarrassingly pathetic. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I enjoy both styles. I guess. I, yeah, so do I. When I when I think British humor, you know, I I think of a more distinct style than when I think American humor. Because when I think when I think like American comedy, I'm usually just thinking of examples of like overproduced Hollywood things that are not funny. Honestly. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
1: But there's tons of great American comedies and comedy filmmakers and writers.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, both have kind of been inspiring each other in a way. Like you're seeing things come together a bit more. Like you're seeing a lot more awkward cringe humor in America than we ever used to. And that is kind of mm-hmm. like a yeah. a British kind of thing. Um, yeah.
2: yeah, we've been doing that for decades, man. Yeah. Like it's like getting really popular in America.
1: Sarcastic humor is coming, becoming popular in America now. Like the Eric Andre show. That's like a postmodern yeah. critique of fucking talk shows. Bird Eric up- Andre just like makes Rick and Morty yeah, bird it up. And Deadpool, that or, kind of yeah, Rick and Morty. Right. Like just mocking past art forms and mocking the, you know, how professional and mannered they are. we Will have some character come in who's like a fucking moron. And he just yells and breaks shit, like Eric Andre or Deadpool. You know, that's, we have some, that's we, more we have what some Americans awful like, shit like shit now. You have some awful UK shit? Though. We have some yeah, awful like shit, too. Big Bang Theory, Mi- Mr. is about to end. What
2: do you guys think of Mr. Bean? Oh, uh, Mr. Bean's funny. I love funny. it. <laughs> Mr. Bean's funny. Come on, dude. <laughs> wait, wait, you're hyped for the new movie that's coming out, are eh? you? Oh, well, oh he's got, he's got another movie? movie?
0: The yes. Mr. Bean movies like, oh, are no are he... good. Are you talking about Johnny English? Yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, Johnny that's English That's not a Mr. Johnny Bean English. movie, come on. I, yeah. Okay, no, yeah, Rowan Atkinson slapstick comedies then.
0: You don't like Rowan Atkinson? Sure, I love the original no, show, like, Mr. Bean. I like
2: classic Mr. Bean. Yeah, okay. yeah. that okay. shit's awesome. I don't like the movies, and I don't like Johnny English, and all that kind of crap. Okay. Of Okay, okay, that's fair. He was in yeah, Scooby-Doo also, for anymore. one scene. He was Scrappy, wasn't he? Ugh.
1: No, oh, was he? Yeah. I, I just remember he was in it. He was wasn't like some fucking twist? guy on the island. That he was Scrappy-Doo? It might have been, I don't know. Yeah,
0: puppy power. Puppy
2: power. <laughs> please, please.
1: We we gotta watch those movies.
2: Oh, that's shit. my that's my
1: that's my recommendation for next week, everybody. <laughs> Scooby Doo <good>. two.
0: <laughs> we'll do Scooby Doo one and two. Have you guys seen uh, Death at a Funeral? No, I haven't.
2: I don't know. Really? I haven't.
0: Okay. No. Well, I'll leave it at that. It was a 2007 British comedy that got remade in America within like three years. Mm. And just okay. turned everything into a really stupid, oh, straightforward kind
2: of... yeah. Kinda. yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah, I remember now, yeah. Yeah? I haven't seen it's it, funny. I remember that, the remake, yeah. You should watch the original.
1: Oh, let me bring up some American people in film who are actually funny or good writers. Woody Allen, Mel Brooks, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin yeah, Smith. Yeah, Mel Brooks <laughs> a good example. Kevin's, no, Trey Parker, Matt Stone. Trey Parker Ratstones oh, a great example. Actually, they've been, yeah. I guess that's yeah, they've been American doing humor. that shit for years. Yeah, Steve Martin. Yeah, there's tons. We can Eddie Murphy, although not so much recently. But uh, <laughs> then amazing. there's Canadian humor, he to be great. Heist. Canadian humor, which is like Terrence and Philip, <laughs> fucking Kenny versus Spenny. <laughs> yeah, I guess People so. People farting and point. shitting and yelling. It's like
0: the best shit that comes from here is like Kenny versus Spenny. Like Nirvana yeah. the Band. And then, if you want to call Nathan for you a Canadian show, it's not really, but it's Canadian, you know. A lot he's of good Canadian. Canadian. Well, he is. He, of he course seems he's very... Canadian.
1: Yeah, he seems Canadian. He says that. He's it's a very Canadian sense of humor. Yeah. He says that at the beginning of every episode. He does. And then he yeah, said he was like, a good student, right? Yeah. It's been a while.
2: What is a Canadian sense of humor? Uh, I, I wouldn't know.
0: I don't know so, either. There was like, a show that was really popular here dumb. called Corner Gas <laughs> and it was terrible. It was awful. <laughs> One of those things that like never escapes the border and is only known mm-hmm. in Canada. We also have trailer <laughs> park boys. That got popular in America. Oh recently. yeah. Yeah. We've had that. For and the
1: run of the band, the show, that's Canadian, right? Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We just we we have some good stuff. We just have a really, really low population that's spread out you know mm-hmm. and so it's like difficult to get really well made collaborations between people like canadian mm-hmm. movies that are exclusively made in canada from canadians usually horse shit usually terrible <laughs> <laughs> it's just like we don't have the same pool of talent in in concentrated areas our population is lower than that of california throughout our entire oh, wow. country
1: that, that's crazy. And
0: it's I the second largest that. landmass. Oh, yeah, that's nuts, Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's just full of bears and deer. Moose. And what, Beavers. <laughs> loons. Moose.
0: <laughs> bunnies. You got more bears than people over there. Probably. Yeah. Also more twinks.
2: <laughs> Damn straight. So One more question? We got another one. Yeah, one more. Um... From Hanroy, Xii, opinions on backdoor backdoor test. Do we know what this is? Yes. No.
1: What is it? Um, do you want me to Ralph explain sexist? it?
2: <laughs> I so guess Ralph, so. So Ralph, it's kind of it's like a a rule or a set of rules that you can like kind of test movies on. It's like mm. three things they have to do. Number one is three rules. Sorry, the first rule being the movie has to have at least two women in it. Number two, who talk to each other, and number three, about something besides a man. Those why are do, three rules. Why do we
1: need these rules? Because
2: yeah, you're sexist if you don't have the rules. <laughs> yeah.
1: Who is there? Some like law that says we have to have that now.
2: It's a it's a test. Uh, it's been around for a while. You know. Yeah, it's just like a test. The same way that see if movies pass it. Or yeah.
1: Not. What if you want all men in your movie to make like a point about mankind and humanity for some like metaphorical reason? Is that sexist?
0: Dunkirk no? is sexist
1: Yeah, because <laughs> it was a it was a war that men fought in and yeah, women helped no, out d- too There are women in Dunkirk, so
0: I don't know it's 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 an interesting Thought experiment for sure that you know points out I Guess trends and tropes in films and just how stories are centered, but it's not something that you should necessarily create your film To include in order to, you know, appease some certain types of people out there, you know, it's it's something that's that could be considered, but it's pointing out there are poorly written
1: female characters in movies that aren't given a lot to do. And there's other tests like that, that there's some other one I forgot the name of. Do you guys know the name of it? But there's all kinds of tests like that. And I agree that if you want to have a movie where there are female characters in it, they need to be well-written. They shouldn't just be there to talk about men and to fuck men and do whatever. But mm-hmm. there's some movies where that just doesn't apply. There's some movies where, like uh, Blade Runner 2049, I wouldn't say there are any like weak female characters in that movie, but there's the character of Joy, and she's a fucking sex hologram. That's what she mm. is, right? That's her, and they tread, they develop her more than that. But at the end of the day, that's what she is, and that's what's tragic about that character. So that that's an exception, right?
2: What about a movie like Her? Would that pass it?
1: Right, where that's it's just about a relationship. Like she, I, from what I know, she only talks to other men about romantic things and and literature. That character, Scarlett Johansson's character, it's like, all right, so what? She's still a good character. It's all these dumb rules. That people try to apply to fucking like entire genres of film when you should just take movies on a case by case basis, it's silly. Anyway. Yeah, it really depends on <laughs> what kind of story I, you're I trying ranting? to tell. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you know, because like
0: it de- it depends on a lot of a, a lot of different things, and I I don't think that movies should have to be forced to be telling a certain story and nothing else. But at the same time. It's interesting to at least note what the trends are and, you know, being like, oh, hey, yeah, there aren't really that many films that have uh, female characters talking to each other about things that are unrelated to the male characters. Yeah, and that's messed up. It really depends on what kind of movie. We should
1: have more movies like that. I agree with that. It's just saying that, okay, now we're going to implement this (laughs) rule. So if a movie doesn't do this, it's sexist. It's silly.
2: It's kind of yeah, it's kind of just more a statement more than anything, isn't it? So man, maybe you should think about this a bit like based on trends and what we can yeah. learn from the idea of it. I don't think like every film has to pass it or anything though.
0: You're you're already like as soon as that test is applied, you're 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 canceling out every every film that has a male lead basically. If it's a film that follows right. the main character around the entire movie, then you're not really going to get scenes with two secondary characters regardless of their gender talking about something unrelated to the main character
2: you know yeah mm-hmm. it's almost like ignoring the whole context of what film is if, mm-hmm. if like this is how you rate films is based on like tests that people have come up with
0: yeah gravity didn't pass yeah yeah well that character's female lead good. <laughs> she's just floating around space
1: screaming the whole time know what the fuck she's in <laughs> Help! Oh, yeah. <laughs> then she's barking because she's going to die. Oh, I'm so lonely. Oh, Sandra
0: Bullock. <laughs> Do that again, Ralph.
1: Oh.
3: That's I such didn't a. Even remember that. You are a is...
0: All right. The,
1: <laughs> there's such a. That movie is really good. Except for fucking Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. They fucking mm-hmm. ruined that movie with George Clooney's like dumb er acting. And then yeah, you got Sandra Bullock just yelling. Yeah. It was a really poorly cast movie. She's so bad she's in that great. movie. Yeah. So bad. Oscar nominated bad. I don't know. She belongs in like the heat with a Melissa McCarthy. That's what she belongs in. She doesn't belong in like these Oscar caliber <laughs> movies. She sucks. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And yeah, Angel. Gravity's good. proof. That movie's uh, it has to it relies on her being good. The whole exactly. movie's on her shoulders. And she's like oh, Fucking in that <laughs> cockpit. is so bad.
3: <laughs>
1: ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Help! <laughs> and then George Clooney's like, I'm coming, don't worry. Uh, uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't buy her performance <laughs> in that movie at all. No,
1: I don't buy either of them. It's yeah, George, George Clooney fucking in a in space too. suit and then Sandra
0: Bullock screaming and flailing her arms for an hour and a half. I would rather have nobody's in the movie. Yeah, you know, then it would have been like, good. Everybody or that, that like watched that movie, the whole point of watching that movie is that it was like a special effects Marvel Right, mm-hmm. like that was the whole point. You don't need uh, Sandra Bullock and George Clooney in the movie. You really don't. It's better or without it's just them. two yeah. better it's actors. Probably the only way
2: it got made, though, isn't it? Yeah, or oh, right. Alfonso Cuarón. It's like oh, I've got this great idea for a movie, and then mm-hmm. the, the and then George uh, Clooney's like, like "I'll give you money." Yeah, yeah. There were two other act- actresses that he tried to
0: get, and I think didn't work out, and then wound up settling oh, yeah, for Sandra line. Bullock. She stinks. Man, she
2: she gets the money, and man,
0: <laughs> Sandy Bullock's,
1: Sandra Bullock, God, stay in comedies, please. Didn't she win an Oscar for The Blind Side?
0: I think so. <laughs>
1: That's fucking. That's stupid. Movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that dumb shit.
0: Yeah, that Wait, was that not a very Oscar. good movie. Really?
1: So Pandering. Yeah. <laughs> Pandering blame. White people save the day again. White people save the black kid. And then all the white liberal people in the audience are oh and they're jerking themselves <laughs> off how progressive they are. Bunch of fucking dicks.
0: <laughs> uh whatever. I found I found out who uh the original cast was. I just barely found Where it right that? now. Angelina Jolie was originally cast dropped out, then Natalie Portman turned it down after she announced her pregnancy, Rachel Wise, Naomi Watts, Marion Cotillard, Abby Cornish, Carey Mulligan, Sienna Miller, Scarlett Johansson, Blake Lively, Rebecca Hall, and Olivia Wilde were all subsequently tested or approached for the lead role, and Sandra Bullock got it.
2: Wow. Well,
1: it was. I don't think it was an acting decision. It was a money. No. it was a financial motive to that decision. 100%. I think Carrie Mulligan would have
0: done a good job.
1: Oh yeah, I bet any of them would have done a better job than her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't you just get Melissa McCarthy in the spacesuit? That would have been <laughs> awesome. <Fumble around>. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Did you see that new movie with the puppets she's in? No, Did anyone see that? I've no, that? I didn't see it. I that looks no fucking way I'm terrible. <laughs> that looks like the god worst it.
3: movie ever made. Speaking
0: Happy Time Murders comedies. or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. What a that shame. is a uh, cool
2: concept just ruined.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You can only ride on the concept yeah, for exactly. so long before it becomes annoying like, "Ooh, isn't it funny that this presentation doesn't typically have grotesque immature humor in it that's made for adults?" Yeah, that's, well, well, that's so what It, is. it does.
2: But they could have done like a, a Who frame Roger Rabbit type thing, um, and actually like develop uh, the. That world takes work it, but... though. That takes intelligence. Make your
1: movie. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just sit the actors down and have them say "fuck" a few times, and then he can silly string for "cum" or whatever. Come I
0: like the part where Millie McCarthy falls. Yeah. God. I love when she falls. Mm-hmm.
2: She should have been the puppet, the main puppet. <laughs> She's a corporate puppet. George
0: Clooney could have been one of the
1: uh, one of the puppets too.
0: (laughs) That's uh, not a great impression, but go on. I thought Uh, it was brilliant, Rough. Just keep
1: going. (laughs) That's all he does. He fucking just (laughs) I mean, I can't do the body language right now. Just watch the Eric Andre impersonator. Oh yeah. Uh, no, the the Eric Andre George Clooney impersonator. Yeah, that, yeah. that's that's how I see George Clooney all the time now. That fucking That's funny. <laughs> rippity rap rap a roo rapety roo <laughs> That's good. Anyway, all right. I I have a movie to recommend for you guys <gasps> if you're interested. That's right, yeah. Um so you got to watch this by 2 weeks from now when I post it or when we record our next episode. The name of the movie I'm recommending it's a thriller indie film called Ben and Arthur. You guys nice. are really gonna enjoy it. It's it's yeah, it's interesting. It's very sad and emotional, so get ready. But
2: Ben yeah, and Arthur,
1: you'll have a good time.
2: Two thousand and two.
1: Mm-hmm. Ben and Arthur,
2: two thousand two. <laughs> Wait. Okay. <laughs> are you <chuckling>? All right.
1: <laughs> are you nice. Okay. Cool.
0: No, I'm excited. I'm actually really excited. Good. Yeah. I've heard about this. Great. All
2: right, Awesome. <laughs> Great. All right, man. Thanks, <laughs> Ralph. All right.
1: No problem. You guys are gonna love it. <laughs> oh, I
0: will.
2: Oh, okay. dude, I'm hyped. I'm hyped for this. Yeah, yeah, sir.
0: I'm, I'm hyped too. <laughs>
2: I'm I hyped just read free. the tagline.
0: <laughs> the tagline?
2: Yeah. Only the
0: power of love can defeat a holy soldier on a mission. Is that what you just read? Yeah. Oh dude. was great.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: I've actually never seen this movie. I've just heard about it. Yeah! (laughs) I've heard about it and I've seen some things and I'm like, all right, I think this will be a good pick.
0: Is it going
2: to be on iTunes?
0: (laughs) I I hope so. I I don't know where it is. I hope you can find a copy. Yeah. That's part of the challenge. It's part of the fun. It's
1: part of the fun. Yeah.
0: Part of the experience. It would be
1: like the, the Neil Brain system where you have to like go to his site and give him money yeah. and then demand what movie you want. You have to like bypass <laughs> through, right? But put instructions that you actually want, like double That's down. That's part of it. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. <laughs> That's
0: such a convoluted system. Yeah. I'll be emailing the director of Ben and Arthur to try and get my
2: copy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on iTunes, by the way, in the UK. No. Sweet.
0: I hope, I hope we can all, all right, find it. right, let's put our orders in. <laughs> yeah, will yeah. yeah, find it. We'll figure this out. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, thank you all for watching or listening to this episode of Sardani Cast. Uh, watch the movie before the next episode because we're going to be talking about it. And you don't want to be spoiled for Ben and Arthur. You definitely don't want to be spoiled for that movie. Uh, we're going to spoil the shit out of it. So uh, uh, if you what? want to uh, hear these episodes early head over to sardonicast.com. You can pay $2 a month and get these episodes uh, when they're edited before they're public. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. You can do the same thing there. All right, boys. Thanks. Uh, Sorry, I just
2: screamed. It's just I saw how much Ben and Arthur costs on DVD in the UK. Oh, great. (laughs) Worth it. 88 pounds. Holy shit. Dude, that's how good this movie is. <laughs> okay? it's, it's
1: a collector's it. item. Yeah. It'll right. be worth more in ten years, don't worry. It's like an investment. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like some priceless artifact.
0: Thank you, Ralph. I appreciate no it. No problem. Yeah, thank you. We needed to okay. change it up. There's been too many too many great films here.
3: Yeah, too many good
0: <laughs> yeah. films. We need some it's fucking shit. Out. We need to smear some shit in our eyes and ears. Yeah. All right. Mm. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Pantible. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.